the Chiefs' kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection. Here's the throw. It's cut off. Messi slides in safely, and the Royals take the lead. Bobby Wynn Jr. comes through. Welcome to the Power and Light Podcast, episode 18, and this is a big one because we have a special guest, but before we get to that, I'm all alone. Please don't leave just because of that. We have Preston at baseball we have Judah cross country it's just going to be me for the next two or three weeks but it's football season and i'm absolutely hyped because yes college football week zero just happened week one begins this upcoming weekend it's going to be an exciting time and i'm just glad that football's back we're done with the dog days of summer all right let's get to our guest we have in from philadelphia live from philadelphia we have bro cave sports host sam levin had to work on that going on What's going on, everybody? Happy to be here. He's an Eagles fan. Uh, and I said to him, I said, I'm going to just take one shot. So here it is. We got you the Super Bowl. We got that Super Bowl win. Mahomes' second ring. And I don't want you to complain at all about the field or anything. Um, but we got that win. And I'm sorry. You guys are going to be good this year and for the future. But we got that win last year. And I just had to get it out there. So it's okay. It's okay. We'll get it back. It's all good. All right. So, well, let's go back to a Eagles Super Bowl win. We're back to 2018. Remember Carson Wentz, you know, he had a lot of hype behind him, but then he went down with an injury. I Can you remind me what that injury was and what, what happened uh, to lead Nick Foles into the starting position? Yeah. Uh, during the season, you had the against the Los Angeles Rams where I believe it's fourth and goal, something like that. Carson Wentz goes to run it in for a touchdown. He goes to dive, and two Rams players uh, both hit him in the knee, tears his ACL and all the uh, ligaments around it, uh, then causing Nick Foles to come into the game, which was probably the best thing that could ever happen. So, not yeah, complaining. And it started off a magical run. What what made the run all the way to the Super Bowl so magical and memorable with Nick Foles? Um, I would say that when we signed Nick Foles, he was almost done. He was thinking about retiring. So when he came in, I don't think any Philly fans knew what we were going to get out of him. We knew what we got out of him when he was with Chip Kelly and he was with the Eagles, you know, putting up records, seven touchdowns against the Raiders. That was huge. But now when he was back again for a second stint with the Eagles, we really didn't know what we were going to get. So when he came in, I think just the locker room culture that Doug Peterson put together and how the guys, it was the next man up mentality. It was it was just great to see. You know, we we took it two like dips in two games. We still ended up winning them. But once we uh hit the ground running, it was no one was stopping us. Yeah, and you really did hit the ground running. Your your offensive line and your team as a whole was just electric. Uh, it didn't really matter what quarterback you put in that system because, like I said, that offensive line was so good. Can you tell me, can you explain how dominant that team, how that off, that offensive line was? And in reality, was a similar team, similar line as this last season. 
Yeah, I mean, the line that Howie and the team keeps putting together is just crazy because that and it should be valued and other teams should look at the way the Eagles construct their team. They always construct it at both lines, offense and defensive line. But being that we construct the offensive line so well, it's fun to watch. Our running game is always good. Our quarterbacks can always stand up right, except one season where everyone went down. But, you know, we had the main pieces. We had Kelsey. We had Johnson. Uh, I believe Brooks was there. And we had uh, – where did he go? I can see his name. I don't remember. But we had all the boys that were just – they were just good. And our offensive line coach, he continues to keep developing the guys, as you can see now, as he's developed Mylotta, who is a sixth or seventh-round pick, into a stud. And other guys, uh, Dickerson, who's now healthy. So – Going back though into the Super Bowl year, we were we've just you know we're we're as much as they say we're a quarterback factory. I think we're an offensive line factory. Yeah, you win football games in the trenches, and the Eagles dominate both sides. One last thing about that Super Bowl, you guys beat the Patriots, so thank you. The Patriots were on the backside of that dynasty, and I still remember the picture of watching Tom Brady go for a pass, and I don't even remember the defensive player, but it hit him so hard that the ball just went flying, and it, it was just. I mean, there's just so many things um, in that game. It, it was one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. I mean, it was incredible. What just perspective five years ago, what was so special about that game for you, especially because you guys won? Wow, I get the chills thinking about that game. That game was awesome. Um, well, first of all, it was the first win in uh, franchise history. So that was obviously really exciting. Obviously, again, having a backup quarterback in there. You, you know, that's never been done where backups really want a Super Bowl like that. The gutsy calls with Doug Peterson to uh, call it on fourth and goal to do the Philly special. When do you think that's happening? Tom Brady missing when they did try to run a similar play. Uh, just, <laughs> you know, it was the highest scoring um, Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, defense got a stop when it needed with Brandon Graham and Chris Long with the pressure. So. You know, everything was just magical about that. It was just our year. Everything was going for us. So I, I I can't say enough about that team. I have to say the Philly special is probably one of the greatest sports moments of all time. It was just perfect timing in the perfect moment in the biggest game on earth. So that was incredible. Let's head to right now. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Eagles of this year. I'm doing a power rankings article that hasn't been released yet. And I ranked every single aspect of every team. And the Eagles, even as a Chiefs fan, the Eagles are the best on paper. Just from top to bottom, they're, I said their biggest weakness is quarterback, and it's Jalen Hurts. Like, that is crazy to me that from the coaching staff to the line to the defensive back, like, it's just crazy how good Howie Roseman has done just in constructing this team. Tell me what you're excited about going into this season. Yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on. I always think the Eagles are the best team, but especially this year. I hate saying because I don't want to jinx it. I, as long as we're healthy, there's so many things to be excited about. The offensive line, Jordan Mailata, Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Dickerson, and now uh, Cam Jurgens playing. That's super exciting. If Jalen Hurts, he is the star of the show. He keeps the team together. He always is hungry and wants more, and that's exciting. The wide receivers, I mean, and just the receiving core, not just wide receivers, but if you're going to connect the tight ends as well. I mean, how can you stop uh, the pairing of Devontae and A.J. Brown? But even more than Devontae and A.J. Brown, you throw Dallas Goddard into the mix. And then if you really want to talk, we can throw DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny 
and Boston Scott and Gainwell. So the offense is stacked. I mean, and then if we really want to talk, the drafting of Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith is just an absolute steal from Howie and a great job that he did again. Defensive line, like you just said, the games are won in the trenches. So you look, I just named the offensive line. We got BG, Brandon Graham back, Fletcher Cox, uh, Sweat. It's just stacked. And then, you know, we still got all pro Bradbury. I don't want to talk about the Super Bowl. Let's not do it. Bradbury and uh, Slay. So there's so many things to be excited about with the Eagles. Yeah, and it, it it truly is just that. There's a lot of teams that have a lot of optimism right now. Even the Cardinals are like, we have some kind of chance, but uh, they really don't. And the Eagles really do. And I think I'm excited to see them succeed in the other conference, not in this stacked AFC. And really, it will be easy for them to succeed because they have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. And I think that's a great route for, for a first place team. That's a really great route to getting the number one overall seed. You mentioned the wide receiver duo of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. How electric are they? Last year, they combined for 2,740 combined yards. That is crazy. That is crazy for a combination to do. How electric are they? And what is the strength of each one of them? Yeah, I mean, I think I can just describe it as their alter egos and Batmans. You know, we got we got Smitty, uh, skinny Batman, uh Devonte Smith he's you know he's got the quickness his getting off the line and just you know his stutter step into either coming back to the ball or going long and his his ability to be aerial in the air is just crazy the way he can go up there and get the ball you know a play that comes to mind it's against Washington Jalen throws it up for a 50-yard pass and he just gets up there over the two defenders it's AJ Brown my opinion the best wide receiver in the league he's or I'll go strong Batman, whatever you want to call him. He's got the muscle. He can muscle you to the ball, you know, crossing route long. He He's just so versatile in everything that he does. He's just so good. I mean, every time I think it's thrown to him, in my opinion, it's a catch. Not in my opinion, if you watch. I always think if I close my eyes and you ask me if he caught it, I'm going to probably say yes, because he's just that good. Quez Watkins, uh, speedy Batman. You know, he's had an up-and-down career in Philly. He was a fifth-round pick. I'm always skeptical about him. You know, everyone was pretty high on what he was uh, doing uh, in the beginning of the season. He's fast as anything. But then uh, when you look at the end of the year, I wasn't so happy with what he was doing. You know, long pass, Washington should have been a touchdown fumble. Super Bowl, what could have won us the game? Throw it to the end zone, and he totally just drops it, you know? So... I, from what I'm hearing, though, from camp, it seems like he's on the right track and hopefully he's on a revenge tour to prove everyone wrong. Yeah, and the guy throwing him the ball is uh, Jalen Hurts, who is the picture of what every single manager, coach, whatever, wants in a quarterback. He can be athletic with running, but he also has a strong arm. I have to ask, though, even though he's electric on both sides of the ball, uh, he just started up the uh, – I guess you guys are nicknaming it the Tush Push. You guys – uh had the QB sneak down last year. I know that starts with the offensive line that we already talked about, but like it had the highest success rate probably ever of a, of a QB sneak. And you guys used it almost every third down, fourth down against us in the Super Bowl. gave me so many headaches, made me so frustrated. Is that going to continue this year? And do defenses have even a chance to try to counteract it or stop it? Oh, well, I'm glad that we do it. I mean, it's always exciting. And I think it, it, it makes me 
I guess I feel more comfortable about the play because by the time if it's a fourth and one, third and one, and you do the handoff, the defense can already jump and collapse. And that's so I think it's a perfect play to run. Can the defensive stop it? I don't think so. I mean, if you just watch from the film or if you're just watching live in game, if people go low, Jalen will jump over and go high and they'll push him. And if they try jumping over him, sometimes people try to jump too early. You cause the flag. People also get antsy in the trenches. You know, when we they know he's going to be pushed, you might try to jump to get leverage. We got quite a few flags uh, on the defense for that. But I mean, do I think it's going to be used this year? Absolutely. I mean, why? If it's not broke, don't don't try to fix anything, you know. Uh, but the play is just awesome. I love it personally. It, but it's 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 the offensive line of how good they are. But I mean, Jalen Hurts is strong as anything. He squandered over in college five six hundred pounds. You don't see that with many quarterbacks. He's built like a running back. And then when they have the tight end and the running backs behind them, it's hard to stop. It's impossible to stop. I should say. Yeah. It only three times was it stopped last year and they tried it well over 30 times. So it's incredible how high that success rate is. And I think it will be exciting. So you guys lost both of your coordinators to the Cardinals and to the Colts, um, Shane Steichen. And is it Jonathan Gannon? Is that right? Yeah. Um, how do you guys, I mean, I know that's just part of the NFL, but how do you replace that? Who do you guys have coming in and are you confident in their abilities? Yeah, um, I always never was a big fan of Jonathan Gannon. I know the stats said otherwise, but I thought he was personally a horrible play caller. Um, anytime we needed to stop, I feel like we never got it. So Jonathan Gannon, I wasn't too upset about his – I'm a guy that likes to be aggressive and blitz and things like that, and I never really saw it, especially with the line. I mean, we were already putting up 16 and a half sacks, almost setting a, a, the league record, but – Still, he wouldn't blitz very often. He would almost sometimes even rush three guys. So with Gannon being gone, we have Sean Desai coming in from the Seahawks. I'm pretty excited about him. He's really preached being violent, being physical. So, and, and with the guys that he has, I mean, just from watching some preseason games, just the guys flying around, even if they're missing tackles, which they'll eventually clean up, but they're out for blood out there. Obviously not trying to hurt anybody, hopefully, but, you know, they, they, they want it, and I think they want to play behind them. And then Shane Steichen is definitely, you could say, is a loss. It's a very big loss. I really liked him. I liked how the plays were called. The only thing is I liked how we hired in-house with Brian Johnson, who was the QB coach uh, with Jalen since uh, Sirianni came into the organization, which was, I was excited about that. I didn't think we needed to go and look anywhere else besides Brian. He knows Jalen. He's the one who's developed Jalen into the that MVP candidate that he is. Brian, he knows him from college. He even knew him from when he was little because he coached with Jalen Hurts' dad. So he's known him for that long. And I, I don't see the, I guess, the offense changing that much just because, you know, he's in-house. He saw what Steichen did. You know, he'll have his flair on it. But for offensive purposes, Brian Johnson has a pretty easy job. Just call certain plays. He's got the players. It's not like he's going to struggle doing that. So coordinator wise, defensive, John Gannon, good riddance, but uh Steichen, I, I was I was sad to see him go. Yeah, and really quick on that. I mean, Steichen obviously was a big part of Jalen Hurts getting developed like that, but you said the QB coach. I I think every single Colts fan right now is on their knees praying that he does that with Anthony Richardson because Anthony Richardson could be really good like like Jalen Hurts. And um, do you, I guess, do you think that he can do that? Do you think that with the Colts and 
take away the whole Jonathan Taylor thing, do you think he can have some success and carry on what he had there in Philadelphia? Yeah, I think Steichen is very much like Sirianni is a fired up guy. He always, you know, he's about passionate about winning. He's a team. He's a player's coach, which is nice sometimes. But in the case of Anthony Richardson, yes, I think he can do everything he wants with the mechanics and, you know, getting him in, in the gym. But Jan Hurts' ascension, obviously, you got to give a lot of credit to the coaches, but it's also to his work ethic. So Anthony Richardson, for what I've seen so far, he's really smart. He's in there early like Jalen. But, you know, Jalen in there, first one in, last one out. So if he can pick up the tendencies that Jalen was doing, you know, never complacent, you know, after a big win, Jalen doesn't care. He's on to the next. So I think if he can pick up the mindset and uh, Steichen can help him with that, I think he should be really good. Yeah, you can't you can't teach hard work. He's just got to develop that by himself. And I think he's willing to. We'll, we'll see what happens there in Indianapolis. Before we move off the Eagles, let's talk about this defense, because, yes, your offense is electric. But this defense is one of the best defenses I've seen in a very long time. And in reality, you guys just reloaded in the draft. I mean, I had Nolan Smith. I know obviously Jalen Carter is Jalen Carter. And I think most casual sports fans, for them, I'm just going to say that he's one of the best defensive linemen probably to ever come out of the draft in the last decade. He's amazing. And with his off-the-field stuff, off, I mean, get that out of the way, like he is so good. And I've heard – in camp, he's good. But then uh, Nolan Smith on the edge, and it's also crazy to me how many Eagles you guys, or how many Bulldogs you guys have gotten. Tell me a little bit more about the Georgia and Keely Ringo too. Yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles are smart, to be honest. Like, obviously, the big names don't have to come from a big school, you know. But in the case of when if you know they're big programs, they're going to be the highest recruited guys. They'll be the four stars. They'll be the five stars. And you want the guys being coached by the Nick Sabans of the world or the Georgia coaches of the world and teams like that who have that high caliber. They're always in the top 25. So with the Eagles, when it comes to Georgia, why not? I, I'm big on you want to draft from Georgia. You want to draft from Alabama and things like that. So when you see Nolan Smith, you see uh, – we have, like you said, Ringo and, and Carter, and you have uh, Jordan Davis from last year. It just gets me excited. You already have the team camaraderie that you want because they've already played together. And especially all if they're all from defense, they, they've already played even more together. But our defense, I mean, if really, if you look at that defensive line, it is a violent line where we had a ton of sacks last year. I think we can even break that and even try to go for the NFL record. Obviously, you mentioned Carter's off the field stuff. If he can clean that up, he's going to be unstoppable. He's been on probably the best defensive player we've had in camp. Nolan Smith, injury problems in college, and that kind of worries me a little bit. But, you know, he's Nolan Smith, and he's probably also been the second best player in camp. The part of our defense that scares me the most is the linebacker. You know, we have Nicobe Dean, Georgia Bulldog. We have Cunningham, and we have Ellis. We only took three after they uh, settled on their 53-man roster today. But – Howie did mention that uh, our team is fluid, and I totally believe that that uh, some part of our defense is not done, whether it's safeties with Reed Blankenship or if it's uh, with our linebacker crew. But even the secondary, I know safeties you could be a little skeptical on besides Reed because Reed's a dog. But, you know, you have uh, Slay back there. You have Maddox. 
you have Bradbury. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good defense, if I won't say so myself. Yeah, and you guys acquired Terrell Edmonds. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good pickup, and he he's played some linebacker in the past. So this, I think, no one has any doubts about this defense. This defense as a whole will be very good. Obviously, you pointed out the parts that aren't as as um, confident, I guess, for Eagles fans, but it's going to be good. Uh, right now, the Chiefs, the Eagles, we're nitpicking. We're not looking at big problems. We're nitpicking because we want that championship. So we're going to go over, this is our NFC East and AFC East preview show, kind of. Um, the Eagles are the best out of those eight teams, so we're focusing on them. Uh, but real quick before we get into that, uh, tell me about your show. Tell me about Brocave Sports and uh, why my listeners should also listen to your show. Uh, Brocave Sports now has been going around for over three years. Started it three years ago. Duh. Um, but we've had over now 62 episodes. We uh, Each episode, we usually bring on a professional athlete, whether it be uh, the NBA, WNBA, NFL, NHL. We've had UFC guys on. We've had uh, even sports personnel guys. We've had coaches on. Last week, we had an assistant coach on from St. John's. So we really uh, go in, dive into their recruiting process if they're recruited, uh, their mindset into the game, their experiences, if they've won championships. We love talking about that. We love also getting advice from them, uh, you know, giving it giving it back to the younger athletes. So it, it's really a great listen to uh, learn about them as players, but also their live by their experiences and the way that they did things that might you might take a piece or two from it and use it in your daily life. Yeah, it really is. I'm telling you right now, I listened I listened to that St. John's uh, assistant coach episode. They talked about and they didn't just talk about sports. They talked about a trip that they took um, and about the process of how he got to that position and the things that he faced on the way there. And it, it was incredible. Uh, it's a really great list and you guys should definitely check it out. Uh, and it is a show that I've added to my library that I love listening to. So go check out Bro Cave Sports. I believe it's on Spotify. Is it anywhere else? Is it everywhere else? Everywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, and continue on. So, so go check it out. Great. All right, Thank let's dive into the out. NFC East. We've already talked about the Eagles. Uh, let's both say it. We both think they're probably going to win the division because – just a couple of years ago, this was the NFC least, uh, but now we have some competitive teams. Let's start with the Cowboys. Just the other day, Trey Lance comes in as a contingency plan. At the end of the year, who is the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? Ooh, that's a tough one. I've been thinking about that for a few days now because bringing in someone like that, I know we saw it. It's kind of like a Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz kind of thing, except Trey Lance is a little more somewhat experienced and well-known I would say obviously hasn't played great on the field but he's very he's got a lot of raw talent he was just in a very competitive uh, QB room in San Francisco but at the end of the day I'm gonna say Dak's still the starting quarterback do I think there's gonna be some controversy with that absolutely I just from Dak's interview you know he was like I you know didn't put it past him uh it's not expected now I've been here which is not a good thing you want to be hearing from the quarterback that you just paid and you're about to pay again. So if I'm the Cowboys, I'm worried. Obviously, you have two good quarterbacks. I'm not called that good because I don't like them. But, you know, <laughs> you have two good quarterbacks. Trey Lance is a little unknown. But uh, 
I don't know. I, I think it won't be an in-season switch. I think it would be a next-season thing, depending on, you know, cap and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, Trey Lance is cheaper, and quite possibly Trey Lance is better. We don't know. We really don't because he's played fewer snaps from high school, college. Like, someone went back and even checked his JV snaps. Like, he's played so few uh, snaps, we just have no idea. We have no idea if he could be good or if he's a nobody. And some people are calling the worst draft pick, you know, ever. So, we really just don't know. All right, on to, brace yourself, the New York Giants. Uh, Does Daniel Jones... I guess, does he make himself worth his payday? Um, I think that Daniel Jones, I actually got a decent deal on Daniel Jones. I won't lie. I, I think Daniel Jones is uh, a gamer. He's a game manager. You know, he's not going to make these a ton of flashy plays, but he'll keep you in games most of the time. I think a worry is just his injuries over the past few years. He's not been able to fully stay on the field. Saquon has not been able to stay on the field. Darren Waller, obviously a huge acquisition for the Giants, but he has played less than half the games almost every single year. So, like, we can be so excited about all their position players, but really, they haven't really done anything. They haven't put together a full season. Daniel Jones, will he be worth the money in the QB market that is going on right now? Yeah, I mean, he didn't make that much. He's in the 10 to 20% rate and 20 kind of ranking range for the paydays of quarterbacks um so will he be worth it i'm gonna go with yes but i don't think he's gonna win anything our division's too tough and the nfc and the afc is too tough yeah i agree all right we're gonna go to the lackluster side of the nfc east with washington uh yeah new ownership everything new not even new coaching staff or not new head coach but we do have some new coaching staff we got eric Bieniemy, who's drawn a little bit of news which is not usual for an offensive coordinator do you think he does well in his new role with a really stagnant offense? I think he's coming out the gate firing, trying to make himself, you know, he can win on his own without uh, Andy Reid. You know, he's been in the conversation the past few years as the top head coach coming into uh, each, uh, I guess, free agency when it comes to coaching. And he hasn't been hired one time. So you, you ask your question as a sports fan, why hasn't he been hired? And to me, if I was like when the Eagles had an opening, I was all over Eric Bieniemy because why wouldn't I? He's won with the Chiefs. He's been killing it. So I think there's the Washington, as much as I'm an Eagles fan, I'm just going to take that out the picture right now and just be an NFL fan and watcher. They're not as bad as people are making them out to be. You know, they got Dotson, they got Ter- Terry McLaurin, and Sam Howe is a very own, unknown quarterback. You know, he played pretty well in the last preseason game. Everything that's coming out their camp is that he's played well. He's going to go into his second year. He sat the whole year last year, and that's big for a lot of quarterbacks to be sitting for a little bit of time to learn and to understand the game, get up to speed, get up your strength, get up your practices. So when I look at Washington, I actually sometimes fear them more than the Giants for some reason. And that could be a bad take, but... They have a their defense has always been decent. The offense might surprise a lot of people. I, I I have in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad take at all. That you made some very good points, and I I agree that yeah, maybe Washington's a team to look out for because they're not the they're not the Cardinals. You know, they're not the Cardinals, and they're not the Raiders. I would put the Raiders in that little low tier. Let's move on to the AFC East. Now this this conference is packed. I know. 
I know every team in the NFL can win any game. It's it's super competitive. But the AFC, I think we both can agree, is better than the NFC. There's so much competition. In the East, we're going to start with the Patriots. And I, I you wouldn't have known this, but I wrote an article uh, about hot seat rankings. And number five on my list, probably the most controversial one on there, I said Bill Belichick is number five on my hot seat rankings. And that's just because it's been mediocre since Tom Brady left. Is that legitimate? Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. I don't even know if that's really a hot take at this point in uh, Belichick's career. Obviously, we know what he's done. We know the accolades that he has. But when you look at what have you done for me lately, that's all about the coaching and the sports world is, yeah, you could be the greatest coach. You know, Phil Jackson, he was a great coach. But once he got to the Knicks, he stunk. So when you get to Belichick, you know, he obviously we he has the rings, but after he drafted Mac Jones, they made the playoffs off, of, I think, a nine and eight season. That's nothing to write home about and then got absolutely obliterated by the Bills. So I'm, I'm not saying that season's a total success. You go to the next season. They spent all this money, couldn't win a game. They didn't win many games. And this season, you know, they, they the divisions is good. And the Patriots, they've seemed to be a little stagnant Um, they're. You know, I think they could surprise some people this year. Not re- like not terribly, like they're not going to get 11 wins, but I think they can have another 9 and 8 season or something like that. You know, they have Juju coming in. Um not that he's great, but he's decent. Mac Jones, this is the year for Belichick and also Mac Jones. What can Mac Jones do in his third or fourth year now? Um and their defense, you know, Belichick always has his defense play hard. Offense is going to do their thing with now the two-headed monster of uh Elliot and what the heck is Stevenson. Think of it, Stevenson. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So with those two together, they always value the offensive line and value the ball. So you know they they could be a tough outing, not not winning, but they could be a tough outing for a lot of teams. They can just be a gritty team like the Steelers. Uh, let's I like I said, I completely agree with that. That that is a good take because yeah, Bill Belichick. I don't know. He nobody has ultimate job security in the NFL. Even Andy Reid, if he stinks, like. His job could be on it, – it could be an issue. All right, we got – we're going to head on to the Dolphins. Tua's doing jujitsu over the offseason. You look into the future. Is he healthy? Is he playing Week 18 for the Miami Dolphins? Is he playing Week 18? Maybe. Is he playing the weeks in between? I can't guarantee that. His concussions are a concern. I don't know the last time we saw a guy who's – you know, fainted on the field twice and, you know, had four or five con- concussions in a season. I'm sure it's been not reported, but reported yeah. and really concerned about and he had to sit out for the remainder of the year. That is a concerning thing for me. He looks like he put on some weight, but that doesn't really change the fact if he gets hit and his head slams, that doesn't mean he can't get a concussion, you know. Uh, but Miami itself is a loaded team. We know that, you know. So, I think they're a team, obviously, to watch out about. I mean, they started, what did they start last year? Six and one? And then they ended, and yeah. they their record was not very good. But they start off hot. If they can get another hot start, I don't even know if they need to be super hot. But if they can just, they're going to contend, they're going to compete in every game that they play. Their team's just too good, you know, with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Then on the defense side of the ball, they're also really good. So, I mean, McDaniels has them playing well. I think... A healthy Tua for most of the season, even sitting out three games or so, you can see uh, Miami playing deep into the playoffs. Yeah, they got a track team at receiver, and I, I really, really quick is <laughs> whose wide receiver duo is better, the Dolphins or the Eagles? 
I can give you a very quick answer, and that's the Eagles. Um, all right, just... They just are. You know, they're not Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a track team, but I mean, going up for a ball is huge in the NFL. All right, let's head on to the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are always contenders, but they can't get over the hump. And the drama with Diggs, like, is that a big deal? Should Bills fans be concerned about the drama with Diggs before? Excuse me, the drama with Diggs before. I, I, as a fan, if that was AJ Brown, I would be very concerned. So if it's Diggs, I, I'm concerned. Um, I, I think he'll be on the team the entire year this year, but you don't want your wide receiver one continuing to cause problems. And you, you know, he's not afraid Minnesota. He got himself out of there. So when things aren't going right for Diggs, it seems like he, he, uh, he seems to try to dip out of there. And when you look at it, uh, he hasn't very done very well in the playoffs at all. And you could say he hasn't got the ball thrown to him, but you have to be open. I don't know if he has been, but there's a, there's sometimes a reason why you're not getting the ball in the playoffs, and that's because you're playing the best of the best. When you look at the Bills, Josh Allen is a quarterback. He's really good. We know that he's always in the MVP conversation. In my opinion, he turns over the ball way too much for my liking. As especially much in the end zone. Have all the big plays. In the end zone, especially. You're absolutely right. He fumbles the ball in big moments. He does not always show up. And that is something like, Oh, they've been in contention, but have they? Like they keep losing. So at the end of the day, if you can't get over the hump, the their division's only getting better. So that is a concern for me, especially with their defense being decent. But I don't know. I don't know if I think that this team is this is the last year, in my opinion. If they don't win, Diggs is gone and this team's gone. So Von Miller was left on the uh pup list today. That means he's not playing the first four games of the season. That's pretty concerning too. We're going to head on to, and the reason why we saved this last is because they're one of the biggest brands in football right now. Hard Knocks is falling in the round. And Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP, I, d- I didn't even realize it was four, is heading to New York. Um, and there is so much hype behind that. New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers is in New York, period. That's what my notes say. And uh, it's just a huge deal. Can the Jets actually win a Super Bowl this year? Yes, I mean, of course, not over the Eagles, but yes, they can absolutely win. Um, against they can win it all. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, we know what he can do. Uh, the team just got to be healthy around him. You know, uh, when it came to uh the Packers, it seems like the coaches didn't trust him a ton. We saw it in the playoffs when instead of going for big downs, they were kicking field goals, and that's what caused them to lose a few years ago. So. With the Jets, he's got the weapons. They're all young. His offensive line is stacked. Uh, they're going to keep him upright. And, you know, they, sh- they should be keeping him upright. And their defense is stacked as well. You know, you got Garrett Wilson on the offensive side. You got Sauce Gardner on the defensive side. Rob Sala has those boys playing well. And they were last year, they were competitive and they were winning games. Um, but I, the only thing that was the problem with the team last year was the quarterback. Now you add the four-time MVP Hall of Famer, soon-to-be Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers, I think that's the probably the scariest team to watch out for. Yeah, because they really could go either way. They are a, they are Super Bowl or bust, truly. And I think they have a two-year window. I really do. But, man, it that team is scary. And it could be really good. It could be really bad. I, I have to ask, though, what do you think the reaction in New York is if the Jets completely just fumble the ball, quite literally? <laughs> Um, you know what? They, they gave up a lot, but they didn't. Um, 
it's a move they had to do. And it's not like they got rid of a quarter. They, they still have Zach Wilson on the roster. And from the preseason games, he's played well. In New York, you're pissed and you probably don't like Aaron Rodgers. That's your reaction. That's how New York is. And all the blame is going to go to Aaron Rodgers because that's just how sports media and the media and fan fans go. But when it comes down to it, I don't, I'll look at Aaron Rodgers to see what happens. But is it a complete bust? No, because they've probably never seen this much coverage in their entire franchise history. They've never seen the stardom and they're going to track free agents because of Aaron Rodgers and they're Zach Wilson's learning because of Aaron Rodgers. So, you know what? It's all the downfall is going to be on Aaron Rodgers no matter what, but and the fans aren't going to be happy, but looking from an outsider perspective of not being a Jets fan, I think there still could be depending on what happens, some positives at the end of the, this experiment. Yeah. New York's one of the biggest brands in football, biggest brands in sports, and they just can't really cover the Jets because They've always been so bad. It's going to be an exciting season for both the AFC and NFC East and the Eagles. But let's go to basketball for a second. What's going on with James Harden? Give me the, the quick version on that story. And is he playing in a 76ers uniform this year? Uh, give you a quick answer that he's not happy with Daryl Moore. It seems like there was some deal that maybe he was going to get a max contract. And that didn't happen because uh, he took a pay cut the uh, the latter of the season last year. And then this year, it seems like he has to be traded and it just hasn't happened and he's not happy about it and he called him a liar. So will he be playing a Sixers uniform? I don't think so. I think he's going to hold out just like he did with the Rockets. Well, thank you so much for jam-packing all of those answers into such tight answers. I wish we had more time. I I mean, your, your takes are exactly what I'm starting to think. Um, it, it's going to be an exciting season. Last year was one of the best seasons in the NFL ever. And I'm really hoping that you and your Eagles are facing me and my Chiefs in the, my Chiefs and I. Sorry, I just started school back up uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> in, in the Super Bowl this year uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, if right now, right now, if we face each other, what's your score prediction? Uh, I'm hoping it's a good defensive game for us and a good offense game for us. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs worry me a little bit with their defense and with Chris Jones out. So I'm going to go with uh, give me 24 Eagles to 17 Chiefs. Wow, you picked the Eagles? <laughs> but Eventually. no, yeah. that If that prediction comes true, you're going you're gonna to get a lot of coverage. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to dive into Philly sports more in the future because it's a big deal. Jude's not here. Can you give me your quote of the day as we wrap up this episode? Yeah, I'm a big history guy, but I think it relates to sports that the quote, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but those who uh, don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. Seems to be a lot with sports. If you don't fix one area from the past season, you're probably not going to do so hot again in the, the, the next season going forward. Well, thank you, Sam, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you, the listener, learned a lot about Eagles, NFC East, AFC East, packed episode. Thank you so much for listening.